Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. I could almost hear you yelling that. Awesome. I am Mark Hedegar. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we what? We expect miracles, we recognize miracles, and we celebrate miracles together. Amen. I do have one announcement this morning. Um, next Sunday, the 25th, we have some people that are joining uh, the Middleville Church. We have some people that are joining the Stratford Church. And I'm not sure if, if Salisbury Center yet will have anybody. Um, but uh, during that, they will come up front and we will read, uh, we will read the reaffirmation of faith and uh, their baptism. Um, and then as a congregation, you know, we have a responsibility, we have a responsive reading to that too. It'll be pretty exciting um, as we see our churches grow. And I heard there might be some cake afterwards. So if you're uh, well enough and feel safe enough and want to come next Sunday, uh, the 25th, um, obviously you are more than welcome to. So thank you. This morning's memory verse comes from Luke 24 verses 39 through 43. Luke 24, 39 through 43. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, he offered his nail-scarred hands and feet as proof that he was indeed the risen Lord. Then he ate in their presence. Let us pray. Lord, we're living in a world that behaves as though you never lived. Our eyes behold atrocities and insults that we never thought possible and that our grandparents thought they'd never see again. We live in a world that's longing for proof of the resurrection, proof of the living Lord. Show us how to prove your living through our lives. Put our hands to doing what you would have done were you still here on earth. Place our feet on a path that leads others to salvation. Pull us out of our caves of isolation so we might be seen as ordinary, living, breathing, caring people of the resurrection. When the people of the land cry out for proof that you are alive or that you ever even existed, may we be able to offer our hands and feet and our lives as living proof. Amen. Please join me with a call to worship. We are witnesses to the love God has poured into us. We are witnesses of God's love, sharing it with each person we meet. We are witnesses to everyone we encounter, brothers and sisters in God's family. When we are confused, Lord, give us peace. When we are afraid, Lord, give us peace. When we are lost in grief, Lord, give us peace. Father God, meet us in this room and grant us peace. Amen. This morning's lady scripture comes from 1 John chapter 4, 1 through 6. 1 John chapter 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming, and now it is already in the world. 
Little children, you are from God and have conquered them. For the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. From this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. We move to joys and concerns and testimonies. Uh, we do have way too many people that are still suffering uh, from the after effects of COVID-19, my wife and I included, my bride, and I still have the lung thing going on, shortness of breath. Um, but we still have people in the hospital. We still have people in rehab. We still have people in nursing homes. We have people at home that are at home, isolated, trying to recover. We have people uh, that are home that don't have families, that may not have friends that are able to come and visit them. Um, we, we have a hurting community, brothers and sisters. There's a lot of good in there. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good. Even with this cold weather, the sunrises have been beautiful. The birds have been hungry. Go outside, even in the rain, you can hear them singing their bird songs and the uh, we're just praising God for for all of his creatures that, that he created, including our neighbors and each other. So as we pray this morning, I, I always suggest that you yell out your name or yell out the names of someone you know that needs prayer or yell out your, your circumstance, you know, worried about employment, uh, you know, worried about vehicle repairs, whatever it may be, just, man, there's freedom in Christ. Yell it out, brothers and sisters, yell it out. Let him hear you. You can do that with the joys, too. You can yell that out. You know what? Just yell. Just yell something. Praise God. Let us pray. Lord, you know our hearts. You know our needs. And you know the hearts of those around us and their needs. We lift ourselves and them before you at this time. We confess that at time, times our doubts and fears override our hope and faith. Forgive us when we lose sight of the joy of your love and instead fall into the despair in gloom. Lift up our spirits today, Lord, and help us to remember the promise of new life here and now, not just the hope of resurrection for the future. We give you thanks for your Son, Jesus the Christ, who continues to offer us new life, who continues to turn us around and upside down, who continues to break down the walls of death in our own life. Forgive us, restore us, and renew us. We pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This morning's message is titled, The Shores of Get You Gumi. Now, it's titled, The Shores of Get You To Me. The Shores of Get You To Me. Last week, we made a case for poor Thomas. We pointed out that although he will forever be called Doubting Thomas, we pointed out that the other apostles and disciples were also filled with doubt of the resurrection of Jesus. We made the point that when Jesus first appeared to the other ten apostles, he immediately showed them his wounds. The Bible said then they praised him. So they were all guilty of not believing without seeing. Mark 16.10 recounts Mary's return from the tomb. It reads, she went out and told those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. 
And then we know that he appeared to the two men on the road to Emmaus. Verses 12 through 13 tells us what happened when they went back and declared Jesus was alive. It reads this way. After this, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. And then in verse 14, Mark tells us that Jesus rebuked them. It reads, later he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were sitting at the table. And he upbraided them for their lack of faith and stubbornness because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Doubting Thomas. I think there were quite a few doubting Thomases in that room. And I dare say that there are probably quite a few doubting Thomases listening to this message right now. Excuse me. So our message last week focused on wavering faith. Not only theirs, but ours. We know that God has revealed himself through the scriptures and most clearly through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. But as I reminded everyone, including myself, the enemy will always look for ways to weaken our faith and cause it to waver. We need to remember that the suffering of Jesus and his defeat of Satan was foretold all the way back in Genesis. We read in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Jesus was bruised by the enemy, but the victory belongs to Jesus. The victory belongs to Jesus. And that victory was complete the minute he was resurrected. So we see several instances where Jesus showed himself, but was unrecognizable. Now, some commentators suggest his appearance was changed in some fashion. Others suggest that God had made the disciples blind to his identity until Jesus himself was ready to reveal who he was. Well, whatever the reason may be, we do know that he revealed himself to the disciples so they would have proof of his resurrection. You see, it was and it is critical to believe Jesus was raised from the dead. Their salvation depended on it, and so does ours. There is no resurrection apart from Christ. There is no eternal life apart from Christ. Remember, the Romans murdered Jesus because he claimed to be the Son of God. But God resurrected Jesus because he was the Son of God. We read uh, in Romans 1, 3 through 4, we hear Paul declaring who Jesus is. He says his son, meaning Jesus, descended from heaven according to the flesh, which shows him to be fully human, and was declared to be the Son of God, which shows him to be fully God, with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Now let me read that again for you without the commentary part. Romans 1, 3 through 4. His son descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. So God became man, God died for our sins, and God was resurrected the third day. Just as the prophets foretold and just as Jesus had predicted. So why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important? Well, it proves who Jesus is. It demonstrates that God accepted his sacrifice on behalf of our sins. It shows that God has a power to raise us from the dead, 
just like Jesus. It also guarantees that those who believe in Christ will not remain dead, but will be resurrected unto eternal life. So this explains Christ's urgency for the disciples to believe it was him. There is no resurrection to eternal life for those who do not believe. So he begins by letting them see him and see his scars. And then he tells them to touch his scars. There could be no doubt of who he was before he ascended. He even ate with them so they wouldn't pass him off as some kind of ghost. But my favorite part of the story, my favorite begins with what the disciples did after witnessing Jesus in the flesh several times. He had already appeared to them twice. Well, six of them went a-fishing, according to the King James Version, not just fishing. They went a-fishing. Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples headed to the lake to go a-fishing. They went back to what they knew best during troublesome times. They went back to doing what was comfortable to them during their confusion. They returned to a life which seemed normal to them before they lost their leader on the cross. So what happened when they went a-fishing? We read in John 21, 4 through 6, Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. These men weren't just fishing for sport. They were professional fishermen. They knew their trade. So, but they went back to what they knew and worked hard all night without any results. You might say their efforts were fruitless and must have been very frustrating to them. They got nowhere fast trying to go back to the lifestyle they used to know. But what did our Lord do? What did Jesus do? It appears he waited until they were at the end of their ropes, ready to throw in the towel, ready to quit, about to give up. And that's when he appeared on the shore of that lake, right when they needed him the most. Perfect timing, no coincidences. He directed them to cast their nets on the right side of the ship, and when they did, they were richly rewarded. Isn't it funny how we forget things work out better when we listen to the Lord instead of doing things our own way? And then we read, John told Peter it was the Lord standing on the shore of the lake. Verses 7 through 8 reads this way, That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. Peter jumped into the sea and rushed to Jesus. They recognized their good shepherd and came back to him, back from a night of wasted energy, labor that didn't produce anything tangible, labor spent aside from or without Christ. Man's efforts are always fruitless without Christ in our lives, brothers and sisters. So here's our questions for today. Are there any among us who has gone back to what they thought was comfortable outside of Christ? Has that bottle once again become your escape from the troubles you face in the world? 
Are there pills hidden in your medicine cabinet that help you take the edge off of life? Has the excitement of the bars and the nightlife called you back? Are you back on the internet finding what you believe is and has escaped through websites that you shouldn't have visited? What have you gone back to that you believe is your comfort zone? Are you back in the boat of anger and bitterness? Are you finding it easier to ignore those who have hurt you instead of forgiving them? Is your boat filled once again with the language you used to use before you met Christ? Most of us have gone through some sort of testing of our faith. Sometimes we pass, sometimes we fail, just like the disciples did. But here's the good news, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ is standing on the shore waiting for us. He knows our needs. He knows our weaknesses. When we start to lose our faith or get caught back up in the world, we only need to look to the shore. God promises to never leave us or forsake us. He's there waiting for us to jump into the sea and come back to him. He calls us to come and eat with him. He calls us to find rest in him. If you feel you can't see Jesus at the shore, rebuke the enemy, get on your knees, and pray for sight. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, you may not recognize him at first, but don't give up. Pray harder. Pray longer. Pray more frequently. Get in that Bible and read his promises. Matthew 26, 6 tells us to look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves each and every one of us. If you went back into that boat, back into that world, look to the shore. Look to Jesus. He's there patiently and lovingly waiting to take away your burdens. Jump into that sea. Rush to your Savior. He died for you. He died for all of us. Believe in his resurrection. Believe he has forgiven you. And even though we know he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of our Father God, he still stands on the shore of get you to me, waiting for you to get back to him. Someone needed to hear this message today. Maybe it was just me or maybe it was all of us. For those that have wandered, I pray you return. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, the light of your love shines on, illuminating the places where you are present. As the bewildered disciples pondered the stories of your appearance, you penetrated the darkness of their fear and doubt with your word of peace. You showed them the appalling marks of evil pierced on your hands and feet. You opened their minds to understand why you had to die to defeat such evil and death. Increase our understanding, we pray. Open our minds and hearts to receive you today. Bring to us, Lord, the sense of your living presence as we go into this new week. Renew in us the faith you want us to have, the faith that is not afraid to reach out in your name and to share the treasure you've given us, that treasure which is greater than silver and gold. Lord, we ask that you would bless our churches with vision for the future and reverence for the past. Guide us each day as we minister to one another and, and to the world for which you gave yourself. Help us each day to bear witness to your name and to do that which you would have us do. We ask these things through Christ Jesus our Lord who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy 
will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we have seen the Christ, that makes all the difference in our view of life. When we have encountered life, we can no longer pursue the ways of death. When we realize how much we've received from a loving God, our gratitude pours forth in eagerness to share the good news of the world. We move to our offering at this part, and brothers and sisters, like I say every week, we are certainly, certainly blessed. I attended our pastor's meeting Thursday, and we heard of more churches that are struggling, trying to trying to um, apply for loans for that uh, PPP loan, that they're not paying their electric and, and struggling to, to pay their, um, their pastors even. Uh, but we are blessed. We are absolutely blessed because of your faithfulness, because of your obedience to the Holy Spirit. So thank you so much for, for uh, sending in your tithes, your gifts, and your offerings to the churches. Let us pray. Mighty God, who brings life and hope out of death and despair, help us hear the invitation Christ offered to, to the disciples. Touch me and see. Make us bold to grab hold of the risen Christ, not for this day, but for all our days. May we offer our gifts this morning not to the church historical, the church that was, but to a church that is becoming, that is still being born, that Christ will bring into the future. May our eyes and ears and hearts continue to hold on to him as we help Christ lead his church forward. In his name we pray. Amen. Go now as God's chosen witnesses to testify that Christ has been raised and that we are raised with him. Do not look for him among the dead, but be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The tomb is empty. The stone is rolled away. There is no darkness now only light. God continues to renew us and restore us. We are forgiven, loved, and restored, receiving the gift and promise of new life and resurrection now. Go and share the wondrous news of God's love in Jesus the Christ. And now receive the benediction. And now may God raise you from all that would entomb you. May Christ Jesus call you by name and go ahead of you. And may the Holy Spirit empower you for all that is good. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please, please, please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless.